This year, I am focused on saving and investing, but I still want to do things like travel. NerdWallet lets you compare top travel credit cards side-by-side to maximize your spending, some even offering 10 times points on your spending, which means you could end up with a free flight or maybe a better hotel room. So what could future you do with smarter financial decisions? Compare and find smarter credit cards, savings accounts, and more today at nerdwallet.com. NerdWallet. Finance smarter. Reminder, credit is subject to lender approval and terms apply. We're so excited to introduce you to Great Jones. Great Jones makes high-quality, thoughtfully designed cookware that's so stunning, you won't want to put it away. They have everything from Dutch ovens to ceramic dishes to non-stick sheet pans. They've got everything you want. I have the Saucy, which is a terrific saucepan. It has curved sides. It has a pouring spout. It has a lid. And it looks so elegant. It's really a pleasure just to look at it on the counter, even before we're using it. Yes, I love all the colors. Yeah. They make stunning gifts that are actually useful. Weddings, housewarming parties, birthdays. It's the perfect gift for the foodie in your life. So upgrade your kitchen and replace those old rusted hand-me-downs with bold, beautiful, long-lasting pieces from Great Jones. Get started today at greatjones.com and get an extra 15% off your first order with promo code HAPPIER. That's greatjones.com, promo code HAPPIER. Hello and welcome to Happier, a podcast that gives you strategies and tips for how to make your daily life happier. This week, we'll talk about why you should celebrate a holiday breakfast and how keeping a journal for medical visits can make your life easier. I'm Gretchen Rubin, a writer who studies happiness, good habits, and human nature. I'm in New York City, and with me is my sister, the sage, Elizabeth Kraft. That's me, Elizabeth Kraft, a TV writer and producer living in L.A. And, Gretch, I don't know that I deserve that title, Sage, <laughs> but um, I like that you spread that myth, so I'll take it. <laughs> Before we get into things, we have to say thank you to the hundreds of you that showed up for our live event in Seattle. Yeah, it was so much fun. We had such a great time seeing everybody, um, being on stage. It was so much fun. Yeah, getting to talk to people afterwards. So thanks, you guys, for coming. And um, Gretchen, we have to start planning our next live event now. So the <laughs> countdown begins. Yes. And also before we jump in, here's a fun update from Rebecca um, following our episode 83, where we talked about uh, why you might want to buy three unfamiliar magazines. And she said... This Try This at Home reminded me that I love to get magazines from a different country. My husband sometimes travels overseas for work, and the thing I like best for him to bring back for me from abroad is magazines. They give me a different outlook on the world, seeing the subtle differences between what life is like in another country compared to here in the UK. The recipes, fashions, parenting articles, even the advertisements in the magazine. I love it. And I think this is a great idea. It's like a a window into um, another culture in kind of a fun easy way. Yeah, of course, you have to speak the language to really get a lot out of it. But I guess even the pictures can be interesting. Yeah, I think even for a a magazine where you couldn't read it, you could still sort of get the point of it just from the photographs and the layout. I think it's a great idea. 
Yeah, well, you should have Jamie do that next time he's abroad. <laughs> now he only goes to Albany, New York. <laughs> oh. <laughs> yeah, but yeah, something to think about. The strange land of Albany. Yes, yes. Um, so, Alyssa, this week our Try This at Home tip is, um, and this is inspired by the fact that Halloween is looming. And in that spirit, our, our Try This at Home tip is to celebrate a holiday breakfast. Oh, I know you do this, Gretch. What What do you do? Because as you probably won't be surprised to hear, I've never really done this. So what do you mean by this? Well, this is a try this at home that is perfect for you and for me, Elizabeth, because it is easy. It is quick. It is like a lot of bang for the buck. Um, mm. And so what I decided to do, and I wrote about this in The Happiness Project, is um, for minor holidays, um, like Valentine's or, uh, you, you know, and Halloween, Halloween is sort of turning into a giant holiday. But I, in my mind at the time when I was doing this, it was a, it was a minor holiday to do a little breakfast presentation for my kids. So like I have these paper plates that I reuse every year that are like holiday theme. I have some holiday decorations that I put out on the table. I um, will dye uh, something in the proper color like um, Eleanor always eats peanut butter on toast, so I will dye the peanut butter black and cut it into the shape of a ghost. Um, or for Valentine's, you know, when she used to eat Cheerios for breakfast, I would dye the milk pink. For Eliza, you know, I use these kind of pumpkin cookie cutters to cut things. And and, and the idea is, like, it's supposed to be really quick. You know, not a lot of um, effort goes into it. It's not like decorating your house for the holidays. But it's just like a fun way to start the day. It's just like a little a little treat, a little excitement first thing in the morning. That is so fun. Now, I have a problem with that in that if it's a weekday, we have Jack eat in the car, which I'm sure a lot of people will hear from about that. But um, <laughs> we are just rushing around and we tried to yeah. do the whole eating breakfast at home thing and we just couldn't get to school on time. So we, somebody just told me just go with breakfast in the car and it has made our lives much easier but it would make a holiday breakfast very difficult, you know. Right. Now, like nothing would put your little kid in a worse mood for a holiday breakfast than being woken up an extra 50 minutes early. Right. Exactly. So, so maybe what you could do is decorate the bathroom. Like you could get some of those stick on decals that look like bats oh. or ghosts or you or hearts or um, shamrocks. Yeah. Um, or, you know, you could dye the, the water in the toilet a color. I mean, that oh my God, that's a great idea. Oh, I'm going to do that. Because it's not really so much the idea of like what it actually is. It's just the idea of like a little, because they sort of forget every year that I'm going to do it. Uh-huh. And so it's sort of like, oh, wow, look at this. And, um, you know, and then you take a picture of it and I sent it to the grandparents and it goes in the photo album. It's simple, it's easy, and it's a good way to kind of make times feel special. Yeah, I love that. All right, I'm going to decorate the bathroom for Halloween. I'll, we'll do some uh, orange toilet water and some <laughs> some mirror gel stick-on things, and I think Jack will love that. Yeah, and, you know, because research really shows that the, when with the passage of time, it's it, you want time to feel rich and um, like full of novelty and 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 this is one of the, a very easy way to make a holiday feel special and like a dis- it's not just like every other day of school days running into one after the other and it just kind of lightens the mood generally and again like this is something you can do the night before it will take it like I always am like can I do it in ten minutes the night before that's mm-hmm. the mark that I want to hit because I think sometimes what happens is that 
in the spirit of festivity, it gets bigger and bigger and bigger. And then mm. it's not fun anymore because you're like, I have to spend the whole weekend doing right. X, Y, Z. And this is like, no. This is like pick Groundhog Day. Like, what's your Groundhog Day thing that you're going to do every week, every year? And that's just going to be fun and exciting and manageable. Yeah. And being able to use the same decorations year after year definitely yes. adds to the ease. Yes. I have one shelf in my kitchen, which is every like everything like that. And I just go, you know, stand on a chair, pull it out, put it on the table. And then after breakfast is over, it goes right back in. It's right. so <laughs> easy. Perfect. Yeah. So let us know if you tried this at home and whether celebrating a holiday breakfast was an easy, manageable and fun way um, to get a happiness boost. Let us know on Twitter, Facebook, uh, email us at podcast at GretchenRubin.com. Or as always, you can go to the show notes. This time it's happiercast.com slash 88 for any information related to this episode. When you're hiring for your small business, you want to find quality professionals that are right for the role. That's why you have to check out LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn Jobs has the tools to help find the right professionals for your team faster and free. And, you know, Elizabeth, I now work with a team and hiring the right people is so important. It's maybe the most important thing. And LinkedIn makes the process of identifying and hiring people easy and intuitive. I know that when I've been hiring for my team, it's hard to find quality candidates to interview. And LinkedIn isn't just a job board. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. On LinkedIn, 86% of small businesses get a qualified candidate within 24 hours. Hire professionals like a professional on LinkedIn. Post your job for free at linkedin.com slash Gretchen. That's linkedin.com slash Gretchen to post your job for free. Terms and conditions apply. The weather's getting warmer, so it's time to say goodbye to jackets and sweaters and hello to shorts and tees. I wanted to update my wardrobe without spending a fortune, and luckily I found Quince. Elizabeth, I got the Flow Knit Wide Leg Pant. It's very light. It's perfect for the summer. It packs very easily. I recently went on a trip with my family, and I took it with me, and they were just the thing to wear on a really hot day where I wanted to be covered up, but I wanted something that looked great and also was very comfortable. And the best part, all Quince items are priced 50 to 80% less than similar brands. By partnering directly with top factories, Quince cuts the cost of the middleman and passes the savings on to us. Get warm weather ready with Quince. Go to Quince.com slash Gretchen for free shipping on your order and 365-day returns. That's Q-U-I-N-C-E dot com slash Gretchen to get free shipping and 365-day returns. Quince.com slash Gretchen. So, Elizabeth, now it's time for our happiness hack of the week. Yes, this one, Gretch, comes from Megan. She says... Buy a small journal for each member or pet in your family solely for the purpose of keeping medical notes. Take that journal to all medical visits to quickly jot down important information. I am a speech therapist and I recommend this to all the patients I work with, even those with mild dementia. That's a great idea. 
just being able to remember like visit to visit what the doctor said and being able to sort of go back and look at it is really useful. Yeah. And I'm reminded that when my daughters were little, the pediatrician gave us kind of these little pamphlets where you could, you brought it in every visit and you could fill in the information and take notes there, but it only went to age five. And I should have just gotten a notebook to, you know, to to replace that once it was gone because I, I was very diligent about keeping up with that pamphlet and and now it's actually like a little a wonderful little memento. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah, this would be great for me going to my endocrinologist because of course I'm always changing things, changing my cuz I have type 1 diabetic, changing insulin dose, you know, this and that. So this would actually be very useful for me to be able to just look back cuz also when I'm in the office with him, I'm like He's telling me what to do. And I'm like, oh, yeah, of course, that makes perfect sense. And I'm going to do it. But even two days later, I'm like, wait, did he say to go up one unit or two units? You know, I'll, I will forget. Well, and I think there's I, I, I can't remember exactly, but I, I feel like I've read research saying that when you're in a like in a doctor's office, it's very hard to remember information and to take it all in. And that's one of the reasons why they tell you to try to go in with somebody else if you can, especially if it's like a really important visit, because it is very hard to be processing mm. all the information. Um, and I'm kind of aghast to realize that I have a notebook like this for Barnaby, uh-huh. um, our dog, and I don't have one of this for her, any family member, you know, human family member. <laughs> um, so I think I need to get one for everyone and not just have that, uh, like the little the little Barnaby notebook being being standing alone on the shelf. Um, and Gretch, I would be shocked if there's not an app for this, by the way. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. An app you know, there's like medical, you know, app. But also there's probably notebooks, too, where it has templates to prompt you to fill in, like, medications and and, and record-keeping and, and all that. I, I, I would be really curious to know, actually, if anyone's had any good experience with any, any kind of note-taking uh, support system. Um, because I think this really is a very smart idea to take a lot of the anxiety around uh, uh, going to the doctor away. So great, great, great. Yeah. So, Megan, thank you for that. So, Elizabeth, now... The stumbling block. And in this this segment, we're going to talk about a stumbling block that was suggested by a listener, Helly. She says, I'm writing from Scotland. I love your podcast. I let myself listen to it only when I'm exercising. So I'm a lot fitter now, thanks to you. <laughs> so that's good pairing, yeah. Gretchen. Yes. Good for her. Um, She goes on, I was wondering if you'd consider discussing how to handle criticism. I know that it's a much talked about topic, but I feel like I still haven't found the answer that would work for me. I'm an obliger, so any type of criticism upsets me, even when it's well-intentioned and and constructive. I even get upset when the criticism is about someone else. I have a colleague who finds fault in a lot of people and likes to discuss everyone's shortcomings. I hate listening to this, but I don't know how to confront him without creating an awkward situation. I know that giving and receiving criticism is part of being an adult, but somehow I've never learned to deal with it and always take it to heart. Well, first of all, Gretch, I don't think this is just because she's an obliger. I don't think anybody likes getting criticism. <laughs> no, uh, it's tough to be criticized. Um, and in fact, um, Research shows that we have a negativity bias, which means that we just we're much more struck and we remember much better whenever there's negative information. And that's why if you go into 
uh, a meeting with your boss and you get five pieces of praise and one piece of criticism, it's the criticism that is going to like really stick with you. Um, and so it is hard to, to get criticized and to feel criticized. Yeah, it's interesting for me because uh, my job is really about getting criticized. Like the first time Sarah and I handed in a script for this show, Angel, we were on. This is back in like 2002, maybe. Um, our our sort of direct boss at the time said when we were going in to get notes, he goes, you have to understand your job now is to get criticized. So just get ready. And it's really true. From that day on, all we've done is basically get criticized. <laughs> um, so now we're very used to it. It really doesn't usually bother us um, about work. I will say that if you ask Adam, he would say I'm still extremely sensitive to criticism in my personal life, but I, I'm definitely not sensitive at work. You mean like if he criticizes you some something, you 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 get very upset by it? Uh, yes, and I'm like I argue against it. Why it's not true? Why I don't deserve criticism? Why right. I'm right? You know, I definitely <laughs> fight against it. According to him, now I think I'm totally gracious <laughs> um, and not defensive and not sensitive. But he keeps insisting that's not the case. So you know, um, I have a feeling he's probably right. You don't want to be criticized for not taking criticism well. Exactly. And I know you, gold star junkie, definitely aren't going to love getting criticism. No, no, no. I really, really don't like being criticized. And um, and in fact, speaking of like uh, husband interaction, I remember once I was getting an edit back from of a, of a big book draft and I was incredibly stressed out about it. And I was feeling exactly like you said, so defensive. Like I wanted to argue every point I w- and uh, was completely, you know, uh, un- undone by this. And, and Jamie said to me, he's like, look, she's your editor. Like her job is to criticize you right. and to tell you how to make things better. This helps you. Like you asked for this. This is what you want. And the more she criticizes you, probably the better she feels like she's doing her job. And I was like, oh, yeah. So that was sort of helpful to reframe it as like to really focus on the fact that someone is intending to be constructive, that they are trying to help um, help you do better and that it's painful, but that it's it is really it is really valuable. Um, I think that can help reframe it. So what are the things like people can do to deal better with criticism? Well, I think one is to really listen because it is very easy to get into this mode where you're just. Uh, thinking mm. of your your snappy comeback instead of like really taking it in, um, and it's along the same lines, not being defensive because it is you want to just immediately spring to your own defense. Um, well, one thing I often do too is I really don't try. I try not to be exposed to criticism from people that I don't know or that I don't respect. Like I never read something like an Amazon review. Mm. I don't really read any reviews of anything because I'm like I have people close to me whose judgment I really respect who criticized me up and down right. and that criticism, I'm going to go through this whole exercise of trying to stay open and not defensive and listening. But if it's people just doing drive by criticism, it upsets me, but it's not, it's not constructive. It's not helping me. So I try to really limit that as much as I can. Okay. I'm the opposite. I read every review, every, um, you know, little thing. And um, I don't know, I almost get a sick pleasure out of reading negative things about me. It's like it's interesting. But do you do you feel like you learn from it? Um sometimes, yeah, but um you know, a lot of times no, but sometimes. And does it really upset you or you say you get kind of a sick pleasure? Yeah, it doesn't upset me. You you've gotten really 
inured to it now. I have. Something that dad said to me one time has really helped me with taking criticism. Um, he said when I first like had my first real job, he said, if you take the blame when you deserve it, people will give you responsibility. Mm. And that has really helped me because now I like when somebody criticizes me, I try to think like, well, do I really deserve criticism for that? And if I do, I should really say so. Like, yes, that was a mistake or, oh, I did that. You know, that mistake was caused by something I did. And it's so true. You feel like it would weaken you. um, But actually, it makes people feel more trusting of you because they realize that you can recognize um, mistakes. And if you can recognize them, then presumably you can learn from them. And also they don't get blamed because people are like, who's getting criticized here? I don't want it to be me. And if you say, I I deserve the criticism, then they're like, oh, okay. Okay. Then it's all good. (laughs) Yes. So that's from our father, the sage. Yeah, they're probably... But it's not easy to take criticism. I think this is something that everybody really struggles with because it is it can be constructive. It can also be destructive. It can be given in the right spirit, and it can also be given in the wrong spirit. And um, so I think it's a really good question because it is a big happiness stumbling block. Yeah, I mean, it, it can ruin your day, or if not your week, your month. You know, <laughs> I, I definitely still remember a little, you know, yes. zingers I've gotten. Yes, they linger. That's the negativity bias right there at work. Mm -hmm. So good luck, Hallie. I hope this was helpful. And uh, if nothing else, just know you're not alone. So sometimes just knowing you're not alone is enough. Yes, yes. Um, Now for the listener question, and as a reminder, you can leave us a voicemail question at 774-277-9336 or mnemonically 77-HAPPY. Three three six. You can also email us at podcast at gretchenrubin.com. And this week, Gretch, we have an email from Julia in Sydney, Australia. She says, my sense of smell faded away completely in my teens. Then in my early 20s, I tried to go vegan and it came back. I discovered that I have an intolerance to dairy that affects my sinuses. I can have some, but if I eat it regularly, my sense of smell disappears. I can only compare being able to smell again as like walking around in sunglasses for 10 years and suddenly taking them off on a beautiful sunny day. My problem is that I can't help rebelling against this dietary restriction. I have other food intolerances and IBS, so I'm already restricted. Being able to smell makes me so much happier, but I've only succeeded in going back and forward on this habit for years, which makes me feel bad about myself. Do you have any tips to help me change my habits? Ooh, that's an interesting question. Yeah, no. So my first question to Julia would be, does she know her tendency? This is whether you're an upholder, a questioner, an obliger, or a rebel. And as always, if you want to take a quiz and find out what you are, you can go to happiercast.com slash quiz. Because if she's a rebel, very few people are rebels, so it's kind of statistically not very likely, but some people are rebels. And many rebels have said to me things like, you know, I know that I feel better when I take my Ritalin, but then I feel like it's changing me and like, I don't want to be, I don't want to be mm-hmm. controlled by medication, so then I don't take it or whatever. And so I wonder if she is a rebel um, because there's this feeling of like not wanting to have to do something. Mm-hmm. But I think even even people who aren't rebels might have that feeling of like living with a restriction and resisting it, like hating the feeling like that they they can't have something that they would otherwise want. I think that um, 
that's something that's not it might be particularly true of rebels, but it's not limited to rebels. Yeah. And is it that way of thinking of something like a friend of mine um, recently was talking about something and she's like, I'm going to give myself the gift of a lighter body, mm. you know, and it's like the positive as opposed to a negative. And so I'm wondering if Julia said, I'm going to give myself the gift of smell. Yes. You know, as opposed to saying, well, I can't eat dairy. Yep. You know, she's really saying I can smell. If yes. That would help reframe. No, I think that's I think that's exactly right. And it's sort of like I want I, I'm going to connect with the world. I'm going to feel more alive. I'm going to have viv- more vivid, rich experiences. And and that's what I want. And so that's what I'm I'm going after. I, I think you're to see it as a pleasure that you're gaining instead of um, sort of a privilege that you're giving up. But here, here's another thing that might help. And this goes to the abstainer moderator thing, which we've spoken about many times. For some people, it's just easier to have none and to just give something up altogether. And I say this as somebody who like never has sugar. I mean, never, never, never has sugar. Once you give up something altogether, if you're an abstainer, so some people are moderators and they do better when they have something sometimes or have a little bit, but she's struggling with this, which Mm -hmm. makes me think that maybe she should at least experiment with having no dairy. Because sometimes when you just take something completely off the table, then you just forget about it and you don't miss it. But when you have it a little bit or sometimes it just keeps you constantly aware of the limitation. And so she might try just giving it up altogether, or at least some category, like maybe she won't have any milk to drink or any yogurt, but she could have, you know, cheese or I don't know, you know, it would depend on her, but like figuring out a way to give up some things totally might be easier. It sounds harder, but it might be easier. Yeah, that's a good idea because I know that that whole abstainer moderator thing, once it kicks in with people, it's powerful. Yeah. And I think people are surprised by how much because it sounds so much harder to give something up altogether. But if you're an abstainer type like me and even you in some ways, it turned out that you're an abstainer, um, it just gets easier. But here's another thing that's kind of the opposite of abstaining, which is the strategy of treats. And one of the things that really hit me in writing better than before is that people we need treats like we need to feel like we're getting treats. That's how we feel energized and cared for. And maybe if Julia gave herself more treats, non-food treats, she would feel more comfortable about not having this in her life. Mm-hmm. Um, because when you're giving things up, you start feeling like, well, I need this. I deserve this. I should be able to have this. But if you're getting a lot of treats, then you feel like, oh, I am I am energized. I am cared for. I don't need to do this because I have all this other stuff that I can give them, all these other treats that I can have. Ah, that's good. So maybe uh, more more magazines and massages and TV shows that she likes. Yeah, or maybe she wants to give herself treats directly related to the sense of smell, mm. because that would reinforce the pleasure of smelling. But to your point about reframing it, it's like I, you know, scented candles or perfume or fresh flowers or whatever. So she feels like, oh wow, mm. I'm getting all these treats related to smell. Then it's not such a sacrifice to be giving up this other thing. Good idea. Interesting question. So good luck, Julia. Um, the sense of smell. I'm obsessed with the sense of smell. So I, I, I really, um, I hope that you keep your sense of smell strong because it is a beautiful, powerful sense. Gretch, I love eating sandwiches like a grilled cheese or a peanut butter sandwich is my ideal lunch, but I'm very aware of my carb intake. So oftentimes I avoid sandwiches 
Luckily, Hero Bread has remade carby, empty-calorie bread products into fluffy, delicious versions that include no net carbs, zero grams of sugar, and fewer calories. Plus, it has protein and fiber. I have been using it to make grilled cheeses, and I use their tortillas to make a cheese quesadilla, and I am in heaven. Hero Bread tastes great, has a terrific texture, and helps you meet your nutrition goals. Don't give up being a breadhead. Hero Bread is offering 10% off your order. Go to hero.co and use happier at checkout. That's happier at H-E-R-O dot C-O. All right, Gretch, it's time for demerits and gold stars. And you're up with a very interesting demerit. Yes. Well, my daughter, Liza, who's a senior in high school, um, has been breaking up with her boyfriend. Um, and if you want to hear her side of it um, on her podcast, mm, yeah. uh, Eliza, starting at 16, she has talked about it in two episodes, episodes 32, um, which was the first breakup, which was extremely traumatic. And then in episode 34, which is the final breakup, but which was sort of like um, less harsh because she'd kind of gone through the sh- shock of it. So anyway, you think it's the final breakup, by the way. <laughs> yes. Yes, the saga may continue. But um, and it's interesting, a side note, it's interesting as a mother to have kind of this window into her her version of things in her podcast. But anyway, um, as to my demerit related to this was she did have this kind of big traumatic breakup and and then they got back together and then they broke up again. And um, I realized as I was talking to her about it that as I was kind of monitoring my own temper my own kind of behavior that I was feeling almost angry and acting almost angry at her because it's like you want your children to be happy and content and focused on their schoolwork and all this and it was sort of like oh my gosh she'd gone through this whole thing and then it had resolved itself and now she was back into it and I really had a try I think I did a pretty good job of holding myself in check so it's not a terrible demerit but I'm glad that I was aware of it because really I did feel this instinct of feeling angry at her, which was which is obviously illogical and would have been really, really destructive if I'd acted out on it. But even still, I'm not sure I was as sympathetic and as supportive as I could have been because I was using so much energy to just keep myself in check. So it's like you were you're I get this in that you're angry. You feel angry inside that she's sad because when she's yes. sad, you're more sad. It's like. Yes. Whatever your child feels, you feel it like even more so, right? You just can't bear for them to be sad. And then you're uncomfortable with your own feelings. So you're upset that they're even occurring. That's exactly what I was experiencing. And I think that's really uh, like not a good situation to be in because like I have a friend who had cancer and she's like, I can't be around my mother. And I was like, why? And she goes, she's so upset that I can't manage her emotions. Mm. She needs me to be strong for her, and I can't be strong for her and for me. And I was like, mm. wow, that's exactly what your mother would not want to be true. And so I was like, with this, with Eliza, I was like, I just, I have to like be, be mature enough to not have this come into my behavior. And it was a real, real struggle. I'm not sure I was wholly successful. I was better than, better than I, I, I would have been had I not really held myself back. Yeah. And I mean, kids do pick up on that, just like your 
your friends, yes. even young kids. So you don't want to want them to start keeping things from yes. you in order to protect you because yeah. then that's how you don't get communication. Exactly. Um, I know. I just try to tell myself with Jack, like he needs to go through these things. This is how you learn yes. and grow. I mean, this is good for Eliza. This yeah. is all life experience. It's very necessary, but it's hard. No, th- and that's a great way to think about it. Like that this is how you, this is how you mature is you go through these experiences. Now that that's actually, I hadn't thought of that. And that's a very good way to think about it is like, this is just an important milestone in growing up. And uh, it's not always fun to go through a milestone. Oh, and by the way, if anybody's uncomfortable thinking that I might have talked about this, and Eliza wouldn't have wanted me to talk about it, I did clear her. Uh, um, I did get permission to discuss this. So if you're concerned that my, I'm exposing my teenager, <laughs> she's, um, she's cool with it. So um, Elizabeth, so uh, thank you for your words of wisdom about that will help me the next time um, we go through this again. Um, what is your gold star? My gold star is a big gold star to my writing partner, Sarah. Um, just so proud of her because she, so I mentioned in a previous episode that Sarah has this very single-minded goal to avoid getting Alzheimer's. And a big part of that um, research shows is to avoid inflammation of, I guess, all kinds in your body. Um, That's a big new thing right now, inflammation. So anyway, she did a food sensitivity test and realized that she is like gluten intolerant. You know, it's not that she has celiac disease, but she really shouldn't have gluten. I mean, her doctor sat her down and said, okay, I have to tell you right now that you can never eat gluten again. And you can imagine that was really kind of hard to hear and such a blow because gluten is in a lot and not, it's a huge pain and you have to give up a lot of things. But she, I mean, she came back to the office and she's like, I can never have gluten again. And that was, I think maybe two weeks ago now. And she hasn't had gluten. She's gone, you know, she's just doing it. She's embracing it. And not only that, but I have to say she's been really quite, you know, well-tempered about it. I mean, there may be a couple of crabby moments, (laughs) but overall she's really been fine. I think part of that is because she was already moving in such a good direction, like with food and she, you know, was really paying attention to eating good stuff. So it's like, it was already on her landscape. But um, anyway, I just give her a gold star for embracing her new gluten-free life getting healthier and healthier and inspiring me also to look at what I'm eating. Cause of course, as a diabetic, I should, you know, be paying a lot of attention to the food that goes in my body. So anyway, great, great on Sarah. She's uh, very deserving of this gold star. And that's it for this episode of happier. Remember to try this at home, plan a little holiday breakfast. Let us know if you tried it um, and what holiday you want to try it for and what you thought. Thank you to our producer, Kristen Meinzer. Also, thanks to Andy Bowers and Laura Mayer of Panoply. Get in touch. Gretchen's on Twitter at Gretchen Rubin, and I'm at Elizabeth Craft. Our email address is podcast at GretchenRubin.com. If you like the show, please be sure to tell a friend and subscribe to us on iTunes. And if you'd like to get a newsletter, uh, an email update every time we have a new episode, go to happiercast.com slash join and we will sign you up. Until next week, I'm Elizabeth Kraft. And I'm Gretchen Rubin. Thanks for joining us. Onward and Upward.
Homes.com knows that when it comes to home shopping, it's never just about the house or condo. It's about the home. And what makes a home is more than just the house or property. It's the location and neighborhood. If you have kids, it's also schools, nearby parks, and transportation options. That's why Homes.com goes above and beyond to bring home shoppers the in-depth information they need to find the right home. And when I say in-depth, I'm talking deep. Each listing features comprehensive information about the neighborhood, complete with a video guide. They also have details about local schools with test scores, state rankings, and student-to-teacher ratio. They even have an agent directory with the sales history of each agent. So when it comes to finding a home, not just a house, this is everything you need to know all in one place. Homes.com. We've done your homework. 